Good evening, Let's Talk Sports fans and spitballing sports fans and all other sports fans. <laughs> Welcome to Pocket. Hope everybody's uh, doing well tonight. How you doing tonight, John? Oh, doing good, Bill. I'm all right. Uh, we were just talking beforehand. All the games are important now. Yeah. We got Daniel Berry chiming in already. Yo, what's up, bro, Adrian? Yeah. <laughs> so, um... No, uh, we'll have Jim on momentarily. We want to get his take. I know he was uh, co covering the stadium series uh, over the weekend. Boy, I bet that was, uh, you know, pretty awesome. I know they they postponed that second game because of the sun. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like I said, they were. I give them. Uh, they were. They worked out well. It looked good. It looked nice over there at the MetLife. Yeah, they did a nice job with this one. I thought it looked good. That game. Um, the first game against the Devils and Flyers, entertaining game back and forth. Uh, good conditions. The ice was – I think it was like 29 degrees. The ice was pretty good. I mean, they – they, uh, but a little challenging in that second game. Like I said, they had the postponement. Um, and you had, uh, you know, for the sun glare. And that, that sun glare can be that, – that can be rough. I know, like, even, you know, a little different, but – even when you're out skiing, like if you don't have, and it's sunny, you know, if you don't have goggles on, I'm just skiing over oh. the weekend, you know, and, and thank God I had tinted goggles because, man, that sun, you can get like snow blind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a whiteout for sure. Man. Yeah. And that second game was a good one, right? Everyone came, they came back. There was oh, some fun. Wow. It was a good one. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it too, but uh, yeah, what an entertaining game that was. Uh, you know, Panarin rallying, uh, you know, in, in the OT there. I mean, that was just uh, good stuff. And that, you know, getting to the games tonight, first off, my Penguins are right behind, uh, or, or, you know, they're trailing three to two. Uh, you know, they got a, they got this Islanders team that was, you know, coming off that emotional, uh, I don't want to say emotional, but, you know, it was a stadium series, yeah. uh, overtime lost, and, you know, I maybe maybe took something out of them. I don't know though. Here we've had, uh, you know, once again, power play is an issue for this team. You, you, you give yeah. up a, a shorty against the Kings on Yarmer Yager night. Uh, you know, and then you give up another shorty tonight. What, what was Eric Carlson doing behind the net? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what what the hell. Just make you know what you got to just be simple. Yeah. You know, just make a simple play. You got to bank it off the. He's you know, that was fine in San Jose. But not, you know, yeah. yeah, go ahead, though. No, I was just going to say he was trying to bank. It looked like he was trying to bank it off the side of the net. It was a weird play. Weird play. Something that you shouldn't do. But uh, so. I was I was hoping that Pittsburgh's going to – well, you know, we got a period left to do something because you got Yager in the building, which would probably be the yeah. last time for a little while. Yeah. Um, and you would think that maybe that'll be – maybe that'll pull – you know what I mean? Some additive incentive if, yeah. if, if the standings aren't enough. But – yeah, he's leaving out tomorrow to go back to uh, the check. Hey, he's got a team to run. I mean, he's a he's right. The, uh, he's the owner and the uh, the GM and uh, and, and the captain. Uh, you know, he's still playing on that team. I mean, geez, uh, what else is he? I mean, he might he might drive the bus too under away games. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm gonna tell you this: they could have put him on the power play. I was I saw him. You probably saw it too. Him in the practice. 
Yeah. Yager looked, uh, he had a heavy shot still. Oh my God. Yeah, he did. You could put him out there, right? I want you on a back. He's in shape. Oh my gosh. I, John, I couldn't <laughs> even, I, I couldn't even fathom what that would be like. I just, it, it just would be, He's, I, I mean, I literally, and we'll get into it. Like I literally had goosebumps when he took the, when, after his speech on Sunday, when he took the ice, I thought I, it was like I transported back to like 1995. Like it was just right. awesome. Seeing him out there, it was just it was just great. I, I I was listening to a lot. I watched the whole thing, and I was listening to the inter one of the intermissions. I think he said it. He played it like I didn't realize he played it almost 200, 250. He was two hundred fifty five pounds at an occasion. Yeah, because uh, he said now he's he's actually at like two forty or something, two thirty five, yeah. two forty. What a big think about that. He's two man. six Holy. three. Yeah, he's a big guy. <laughs> Well, you know, he grew up on a farm. He had he was he had farm farm boy strength. I mean, you know they they you know yeah yeah yeah. So uh, just looking at looking at some games tonight. I mean, hey, this is crunch time for a lot of teams. I mean, this is it. You know, the Penguins. You know, my team have thirty games left. I mean, and I said tonight is the biggest game of the, of the year right now against these Islanders. You've got to win. Uh, I know. Same goes for your. Um, your Leafs, I know. Hey, by the way, Austin Matthews, I mean, gosh, that guy. I mean, what, what are you thinking here? I mean, some people are saying he's on goal. He's on pace to score 55 goals. Dude, I think this guy could score 60, 65 goals. I mean, okay. you know. yeah, I'm guessing it's going to be 70. I, I don't see. He's got 29 games left for him to score 20 goals in the next or 21. You know what I mean? In the next, the way it's got like the other day, the other night against, uh, the afternoon game against St. Louis, he hit the crossbar, then he scores. I mean, he, it, it very well could add to that night. I, there is something a little different between him and Marner this year. Marner's playing awfully well, too. He's somebody that doesn't get enough respect in this because he's setting them up. I mean, he's just laying the – you know, it's – those two right now are probably the best tandem, I would assume, in the league um, going back and forth. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I think well, – well, think about it. He did something that only him and the last person to do was Mario. Right. Um, yep. you know, getting the fifth, getting to uh, whatever the hell that was. Uh, what do you have 45 and 51 games or whatever? And now he sits at 49. And it's interesting because tomorrow night they play Arizona, and so that's he's going home. We got so that, I imagine he'll do that. We got that's my sports. Will anyone get close to Gretzky's 91 in a season? Nah, Ooh, I can't see it. I can't see it either. That. You gotta understand that was back in the days of uh, when you know you had ten seven games, you had you had small goaltending pads, right? I mean, you just back in those days, it was just I don't know, it was like a goal a goal scoring well, frenzy in most games. I mean, I'm gonna he's on pace for seventy five. I think he'll get. I think he'll be close to seventy. And I also now at this point, he's got he's in the top six, top five in points. I'm going to assume you can safely put him in the Hart Trophy now. Talk um, because oh, they're going to if they make the playoffs, obviously. Because it's a you got to remember too. Some people you got to remember this is a regular season, right? This is the regular season MVP. The the real MVP you want is Con Smythe, but oh, absolutely, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you get the regular season MVP, but uh, you can have all of them you want if you don't win a Stanley Cup. No one, you don't care. No one cares, right? But you know that, yeah. Uh, I saw. Let's just talk some headlines real quick. Bettman affirms Riley's five-game suspension. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah, mm -hmm. took a long time though. He's only got one game left. 
tomorrow against Arizona. So, yeah. And they played uh, well without him. He's, that's my sports. Tavares has slowed down a bit this season. Do the Leafs trade him to keep Marner past next season? What do you think, John? What do you think on that? I don't think they're going to be able to trade him. I, I don't. First of all, you got to no trade. He's worth a lot. I don't know if anyone's going to want to take on that $11 million, $11 million. The Leafs, you know, I think, I think next year with the cap going up and certain guys leaving, um, they're going to be in the same position they were with Nylander. I wish they could trade Tavares. That would be great if right. they could somehow move him along. But yeah. gosh, I don't, I don't see anybody taking that on. He's slowing down. I mean, he's still good, but you know, at eleven million dollars, sixty-five points isn't enough. Right. So. Oh and yeah, I'll, absolutely. Yeah. So. But, oh geez, I see. Uh, I was looking at some other. I see the Rangers. Rangers are winning again, two, two to one over Dallas. Yeah. How about that team? I mean, gosh, they just keep getting better and better. It just seems like they're just, uh, man, you get that win. Uh, like I said, Panarin, I got that uh, OT goal in the in the, uh, in the the stadium series on Sunday. I mean, that, that team's just flying high right yeah. now. Um, looking at standings here, you I tell you what, you know, your Leafs are right in third in the Atlantic. There's Florida Panthers, man. How about them guys coming on hot lately? I mean, geez. Yeah, they're 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 going to take over Boston, I think. It's here shortly. They already did once, right? Um, yeah, they've won five in a row, uh, and they play Carolina, I guess, tomorrow. Yeah, the Panthers are tough. They are, they, you know, they, they never. They, Paul Maurice, they had all those injuries in the beginning. Give them a, a lot of credit, man. They really have just. They, I don't think any of us. We thought they'd make the playoffs, right? Remember, but not this. They, they are. They got seventy six points. I tell you, Paul, and I've said it before, Paul Maurice is a hell of a coach. Uh, he's done a hell of a job. I mean, I remember him in Carolina. There he is. What's up? What's hey, up? Yeah. Jim. I mean, you know, we're just talking Paul Maurice, Jim. I, we said about the job he's doing in Florida. I said, you know, he, he was great in Carolina. I said he he, he did a decent, halfway decent job in uh, in Winnipeg, you know. So. Yeah, he was, he was with the Leafs for a – Three period. I think he started there with the Marlies. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So. And what else yeah. you got tonight? What other? You, you got that one game. I don't think anything happened in that Winnipeg Minnesota game. I watched the beginning. I didn't see any dust ups or nothing. Did something happen? No, it was just wild and crazy. Seventeen <laughs> goals. Oh. I mean, it was yeah. seventeen goals combined. Seven yeah. in by the Wild in the third period. It was ridiculous. He scored seven straight. There were three hat tricks. Yeah. Like it was ridiculous. It, looked, it was almost like a game from the eighties. I was telling uh, John, it was just or 90, 92, 93. It was like everybody yeah. was scoring goals at, in that game. Yeah, yeah, Paul Maurice doing a great job down in Florida. Look, it took some yeah. took them some time last year to get adjusted to Maurice's system, but now that they have, I mean, I you know it's hard to argue that they're not the best team in the National Hockey League right now, and they huh. could go back to a Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I agree. I agree. With I that. agree. Absolutely. You know what they did against Boston last year. Nobody expected that. Uh, and, you know, he, Paul Maurice, like I said, I, I think he's a great coach. I think he does, you know, a great job everywhere he goes. It seems to, to win and he seems to get the job done. But, uh, but yeah. Um, now, Jim, we were just talking uh, before you got on. We were just talking a few headlines here. Um, we were talking about Austin Matthews and just how – you know, I, I said – I kind of lowballed him. I said, you know, he's on pace to get 60, 65 goals. And 
John's like, yeah, I'm 75. I'm like, you know, it, you know. 70's in the picture, honestly. Can I, can 70. Can I say one thing? And, and can you maybe you guys disagree with this? John, you may you may strongly disagree with this. You take those you take those goals away, you take them off that team, they're not a playoff team. Well, yeah, you you take him away. I mean, that's that's a consma. I mean, that, not consma. I mean, that's a heart trophy. Can't. I mean, yeah, that'd be tough to take. I him, mean, but the problem is away. he's such a like he's such right. a streaky goal scorer. Like, don't get me wrong, he's one of the best players in the world. But even John will admit it wasn't the Matthew show in the first half of the year. It was the Nylander show. Yeah, it was the Nyland. It was the reason why the Maple Leafs were in the position that we were in. No, don't get me wrong. Matthews was scoring a lot of goals. And, uh, you know, he'll be a finalist for the Hart Trophy if he hits 70. No doubt, but he's not winning it because it's between McKinnon and, and Kucherov. Yeah. And unless he touches, like, some ridiculous number. But, like, we were talking about this in the box on Saturday and Sunday. It's like, especially Saturday because Matthews was just going off. It's like, how do you not put this guy in a Hart Trophy conversation? And it was Sunday, too. We were talking about it. And I'm like, you have to put him in the top three if he hits 70-plus. Like, you have to. But there are times where he's invisible goal scoring, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, this year has been – I mean, we had like 45 and 50. I, I don't know. It, it's it's tough. You know who doesn't get enough respect? We were saying the freaking imagine is Marner. Marner's laying him – the passes, the, 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 the – with he gives them sometimes that they're on a pillow for him to, you know – Marner's awfully good, man, and I think he's disrespected a bit because you know what? He's probably right there with Dreisaitl this year. I the mean, same. the problem is Marner was so quiet in, like, the first half of the year that he took a backseat to both those guys. And the yeah. way, like, the Edmonton Oilers, like, turned it on, you kind of – you forget Marner was there, and he was always being talked about as the odd man out in, in Toronto now. But he's really turned it up. He's really picked his game up, and, and I think – you know, it's so weird that this team plays so much better without Morgan Riley in the lineup. That it, this is where I think if the like this is where Florida figured it out. If Toronto can figure it out at this time of year and start getting on that run, and they can get the goaltending and they can play defense and simplify the game and keep it simple and stick with everything. Maybe this is the adversity they need to go through to, to make the playoffs and fight for a playoff spot so they know, hey, when we're in a battle, we can get we can get across the finish line. Again, they got to prove it. And they're going to want to trade for somebody, but they just don't have the assets to do it. I think um, I think the Morgan Riley thing was important for them. It had, I mean, they, they I mean, look at Bobby McMahon. It forced Sheldon Keefe to have to play other people. Yeah, that was important. It forced him to play. You know, it, it just forced him to make. To, he had to use everybody instead of having Domi only play nine minutes. He's up to 16, 15, 16 right. minutes. You see Bertuzzi on the first power play. He, Sheldon Keith has to be forced. I think that's an issue. But if they make the playoffs after the way this year has gone, I think I, I think it's will be interesting to see how they react because usually it's been kind of known by now they're playing for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the last couple of years, they they knew their opponent was Tampa. It was yeah. Boston. It was, yeah. you know, yeah. it was mostly Tampa or Boston that yeah, we knew exactly. about. It. Like, yeah. like we knew about it already. So they really didn't have yeah. a lot of time to play. So yeah. it, it was. It was usually it was either Tampa or Boston. You're right. 
Heads Boston, tails Tampa. It was it was never and it never favored the Maple Leafs because even last year you could see that they just Tampa probably should have won that series, but they dug deep. You know, you know what else too? There's I don't know how this happened, and I think it's Samsonov. I've said it a million times. I think Samsonov's dad is the MVP because Samsonov turned it around. Turned it around. I mean. After those comments, too, to boot. I mean, he makes those comments, and you're just like, oh, boy. Like, you don't need your goaltender saying this, you know? And then and – then, uh, It was like a cry for help or something, man. He fit, but, he, but, but, but you know what? He figured it out. He, he got did. it done. He did. He did. He, he sure he, did. He's figuring it out, and it's given the Maple Leafs more time to get Joseph Fall ready when he's ready. Like, they don't have to rush him back. Samson off playing as well as he is. Joan can get a spot start here and there. You know, and the team's coming together and rallying. It's so weird how well they play without Morgan Riley, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they, they're, uh, I think they're like 18 2 and 1 or something crazy. Cause last year well, they're 4 0. I mean, they're 4 0 without him now. Yeah, and last year that he was gone for a long time. It was almost 17 games. Right. And, uh, so, yeah, and I think they learned something about who they are. Like you said, Jim, I think they learned that they can do other things than just rely on the top guys, you know, maybe. Well, I mean, when Mc, Bobby McMahon's getting a hat trick, that's, you know, that says something. I still think they want to add a depth score. I think they want to add a depth forward from people I've talked to, and they definitely wanted to add a defenseman. I mean, I think, that you know, Chris Tanev, but do they really want to part with that first-round pick? Can they get him cheaper? Um, do they look at another option like Mario Ferraro? Because uh, that would be nice. Ilya Libushkin, I think, would be another nice fit for them. But they need somebody. Like, they need to get somebody. Maybe it's one or two moves. Or maybe it's no moves. Maybe right. they maybe they go to, um, Florida Panthers room and said, this is the group that we're going with right now because we have to see who we can use going forward. Maybe that's the route you take. Sometimes the best move is no move. Right. I agree. TJ And TJ Brody needs to stay on the left. And you found some guys. I mean, I know they're not household names, but Lejoie, you have a few other defensemen that have played. Maybe you're just going to have to work with them. I wouldn't have a problem with that, Jim or Bill. If they said, you know what, this is it. This is what we're going with. Maybe you should. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're playing so well right now. Like, why would you mess? Like, that's always been the million-dollar question come trade deadline is, do you really want to mess it up? Right. Right. Unless you're going after a guy. That yeah. you're bringing back that the organ that has played for the organization already. Right. Like that's why I don't like if they went out and got Eli Labushkin, yeah. I think that would be fine because he's been there before. Yeah. Like he understands how to play under Sheldon Keith. So right. and like how many years like we saw with Pittsburgh? Like they really didn't do too much. Jim Rutherford got ahead of a couple of things here and there. But it yeah. always would seem if Matt Cullen wasn't a penguin, he was a penguin. Like yeah. that was like always like their big like trade deadline move was like, all right, we're going to get Matt Cullen again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, uh, he's going to just be, he's just going to go out and win important face-offs. Yeah. I want to make a real quick point about the trade deadline. I like that it's, it's a little bit pushed back this year uh, to March 8th, because I'll tell you what, like I think it's it, in, in the, my, my team's case, the Penguins, you know, it's giving you a little bit more, to see where you're going to be, you know, like, I mean, that's 10 games away right now. You know, there's 10 games in between the deadline as of tonight. I think you're really going to know 
what you need to do if you're Kyle Dubas at, at that deadline. I like that it's not, you know, February 28th or March 1st like it, like it has been in the past. What do you guys think about that? I mean, look, I'm on the side of Nathan McKinnon sometimes when he said, yeah, I wish it was a little earlier too. But this year in particular, I like that it's March 8th because we're kind of figuring out who the teams are. Yeah. Right. We really don't like if the trade deadline was next week, I don't know if we see a lot of action right. to be honest, because no one really knows where they are. If you don't know, you yep. don't know because yep. the penguins are so hot and cold. Right. Like they look great one week. And, and like, look, Kyle Dubas is going to speak tomorrow. He's going to meet with the media. I'm going to be interested to hear what he says. Probably not going to be anything significant, yeah. right. but the fact of the matter is, as much as we want, like, I can tell you I'm blue in the face, and I can say, look, they didn't need Eric Carlson. Like, the yeah. Maple Leafs didn't need John Tavares. He's worked out. Now, the power play is what the power play is. But it goes back to what Pittsburgh was doing prior to that. And, and okay. um, Latang six-year deals, and... Malkin six-year deals and and Ryan Graves a six-year deal with no move like the no trade protection is is the issue bringing back Jari and I was talking with guys over the weekend again he was out the door he was gone he was never supposed to be the goaltender of the Pittsburgh Penguins right and he gets a five-year deal like it's takes look it's him going to to Edmonton to visit him and his wife in the offseason and and he comes back with a five-year deal uh you know and and the thing is, is with Pittsburgh is they're so inconsistent that you cannot believe in them. And I, you know, you, you hear, and I've been listening to a lot and talking with some people. And the big question is, is this the year finally that, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and Washington and everything start going the other way? Well, I said it was last year. Neither one made the playoffs last year. Right. And and maybe Pittsburgh could have made the playoffs last year. And you, and you should right. never count out this team, but. They lose to teams they shouldn't lose to still. Their power play well, is so inconsistent, and Jari's so inconsistent, yet he leads goaltenders in shutouts. Right. Yeah. Well, case now, in point, they, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, case in point, your, your games, you know, last year, they they needed to win that game late in the season against Chicago. You get outskated by a, by a young Chicago team that just outskates you on your home ice and, uh, you know, knocks them out of playoff contention. This yeah. year, handful of, of, uh, of game. Well, prime example, you should have lit the lamp against uh, Flurry the other uh, last week. I mean, you know, that's a terrible team. You know, um, I, I just don't understand. I mean, you're right, the inconsistency. Bill, if they lose, and I think we were talking about it, if they lose tonight, they will have lost five out of six, and they lost both games with Yager in the building. Well, Patterson so just, just tied it up. Patterson just tied it up. Just as four, you four. said that, Patterson tied it up. Yep. If they happen to lose again, it's five out of six, Yager in the building. I don't know. I, I just wonder if it, it would make Kyle Dubas' decision probably easier. Well, and that's my point. I like it, this trade deadline being later because you're going to – I mean, March 8th, man, you're going to know exactly what, what, what you need to do. Like, the writing will be on the wall what you need to do. And I, I especially for, you know, like I said, my team, the Penguins. I mean, it, it's just, uh, I like it. Um, but, you know, I know other people don't like it and would like to have it earlier. But, uh, but yeah. But, no, I mean, I just, um, 
I don't know. We're going to see. I mean, I, I'm, I know he's supposed to speak tomorrow. I'm interested to see what he says. I mean, it, it might be a big nothing burger, but we'll, we'll see what happens. It probably is a big nothing burger. But the fact is, is like you saw Sidney Crosby today come out and say he wants to be a penguin for life. Now, if that changes, then there's well, that was comforting. <laughs> right. Well, but you know, but like, like, I don't know if he really needed to say it. I think it was a no. given that 87 was going to be a penguin for life. Yeah, but I, I think Canada's just—it's just pissing them off more and more because they, you know, it's they, the me, it's media driven that Crosby that oh, yeah. oh you could get Crosby out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're not getting Crosby out of Pittsburgh unless Crosby wants to leave Pittsburgh. Right. It doesn't want to go through this, and you know Kyle Dubis is talking to Crosby along the way. And look, I think he's what got. I think it's not this summer, but I think it's next summer he can like negotiate his extension. Well, I no, believe. This- it's this summer he can. Negotiate. All right, so so yeah. this summer he yeah. can he can negotiate an extension. Don't yep. you don't think those talks are already happening? Oh, like, of like not, not officially talk. Like they yeah. can talk, but they can't negotiate right. because you can't negotiate until previous year. But you know he's Dubis and Crosby are having talks and see yeah. what they want to do. And I think that's why like the Jay Kensel injury makes things interesting. His contract negotiation makes things interesting because if they let him go to market, he's going to get a lot of money. Right. But what the Penguins want is something what Philly got for Claude Giroux. Right. But I don't. But they, here's the issue: the Penguins, yes, need to restock the cupboard because of what they give a, gave up for Eric Carlson. Oh yeah. But think about it. Getzel's a homegrown talent. Do you really want to give him up? We, I've been, we've been saying this, Jim. I know. Do you really? I mean, wh- who do you have in the pipeline that can replace Jake Getzel? Exactly, and the, and the answer is nobody. I mean, that's, that's. I mean, no one knew Jake Getzel was going to be Jake Getzel. No. But, but the minute he stepped into the playoffs and did what he did, it's like okay, this guy is on a different level than everybody else that they've had in their system. Let me ask you guys something. Let me let me ask you guys something. Is this going to be a rebuild or is this going to be a a retool? Because if it's a rebuild, I mean, you, you got to start cleaning house. I mean, you they got to like. Break well, it the problem down. is, is who you getting rid of because there's so everybody's got no move, no trade clauses. Mm-hmm. Then it's trouble. You know, it's yeah. Trouble. I know. It's it's like purgatory. I, I said it's like being in in purgatory. It's just like you can't. You know, you, you can't, you, you're just stuck, you know? Yeah. It's just, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I liked, uh, you know, Crosby. I mean, I, I pretty much knew that. I mean, it, it just kind of. We all kind of knew it. Yeah. But, and, and here's the thing, like with Getzel, like he can get the Penguins a, a pretty penny. And I know yeah. Crosby's played with different wingers right. throughout his time, throughout those cup runs. But the timing's bad to get this pinky injury. Right. And, I mean, and and think about it. Like I know he, I know he's gonna want to want something in the nines and the tens, and and I get it. And you really, and you probably could have given him a seven year deal, but then you have to. And and realistically, I think it's really time to start looking at that aging core and say, okay, if we're gonna retool on the fly, and Malkin can still play, that's a player that I think they need to move on from. Agree. Like, I, I, I don't I don't want like because you made a tough decision and said Flurry was too much money and you didn't want to keep him. Right. 
So why, why, but again, it goes back to what I heard when Hextall was still there and before they made everything is Burke and Hextall did not want to bring back Malkin. No, they didn't. It they, was, they were okay with Latang because he's a defenseman and, yeah. but they did not want to bring back Malkin. Right. And it was from what I hear, Mario and Sid that, uh, that wanted him back. They basically said, no, he, you know, he, he's, you know, I don't know whether that's true or not, but that's what I heard. I know it's ownership, and I I think at the time didn't Fenway own a majority of the Penguins at the time. I don't think yet. Well, no, right. they may have. They, yeah, no, you're right. They they at the time they did own a, a portion of them. Yeah, because then so if, if, if Fenway were, if Fenway yeah. was pushing to get say hey you know. <laughs> Well, Fenway wanted um, uh, Ron Hextall to write a, a thesis when yeah. he first took over, and Ron Hextall's like, "No, I'm not doing that." <laughs> Look for all the for all the bad stuff that everybody wants to give Hextall. Look, uh, he wanted to make a tough decision, and the, and the Penguins needed to make a tough decision. Well. Yeah, and I mean, the tough decision they should have made was after that 2021 series against the Islanders, getting rid of Jari. I mean, that that was the time to get rid of him, you know. That was the time. And and the issue was, you you know, you you resigned Latang, you resigned Raquel, you resigned all these guys, like, not for nothing, but, like, the only guy you really can trade is Riley Smith right now. Yeah. And the whole Gensel thing, like, I, yeah, you, you know, if you're going to get rid of him, you you want to be able to trade him at the deadline and get something back for him. But, you know, you, you will save some cap space if he walks in the offseason. Right, and maybe you can't make the deal at the deadline, and maybe this is something right. they revisit at the draft. But, right. again, now you have more time. If you do not trade him at the deadline, maybe the negotiations start up. Because if it's a retool on the fly like we're seeing in Washington and, like, Calgary and these places – if the Penguins can get their defense back in order, because we've seen them play and win Stanley Cups with makeshift defenses. 2016, they did not have... Yeah, 2016, they didn't have Chris Letang for most of it. Right. So, And they won a Stanley Cup. So if they learned to play defense and not try to outscore problems, they could still make a run at this thing. Well... You know, and I hate to say it, maybe I'm way off kilter on this one, but Todd Reardon, I mean, he's he's the coach of the of the defense. He's the coach of the power play, and, and neither one is doing, you know, what it's supposed to right now. Diddly. You know, I mean, so. you know, that's just my, that's, that's my, uh, you know, that's my, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Assessment? Assessment, yeah. You know, yeah. you know it's a good thing that um, I think that Crosby's got the Olympics. He's going to be able to win a gold medal in those in those games. So if he's going to sit not going to the playoffs, I'm yeah. guessing those things will at least cure him. Pro- and, and here's the thing. He may go – if he doesn't make the playoffs, don't be surprised if he plays in the world. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sure. You know, here I am bitching, you know, about my Penguins. I mean – I, I'm we're so spoiled in Pittsburgh. It's unbelievable. I mean, with what we've had. In the I mean, you years, think about it, right? So you have you had 2008, 2009, where you split with Detroit, yeah. And then like you had those runs of playoffs that you made, but you kind of like fizzle because defense and goaltending and 
We really didn't know what was going on. Then 2016-17 come. But the, the Penguins have not won a playoff series since 2018. Right. And they didn't make the playoffs in 2020. Right. And that's an issue. And I know, you know, it's, it's you know, they didn't make the playoffs last year. And, I mean, it, it's, you know, hey, 30 games left. And I, I told John before the show, I said, they've got to win at least 20. They've got to win at least 20, if not more, to have a, a shot at getting into the playoffs this year. I mean, it's just. So, so you look at the standings right now in Pittsburgh, right? And you look at the wild card. New Jersey's going to lose to Washington for the third time this season. Um, but you still got to jump Washington, the Islanders, the Devils. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's not. It's not going to be easy. It's no, not it's gonna not going to be easy because you're in a dogfight right now with the with the Islanders. They always play you well. The Devils always play you hard. Brock Nelson always had, scored tonight, guy. You know, it, it once again the power the power play. You know what I call this power play? It's more like a power outage. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, 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 Sunday you get a you give up a shorty. Tonight, do the same thing. You you uh, you make a, a a mistake at the point, and Barzell get you know goes on a breakaway and, and capitalizes. I just it just you know it, it, this power play is just to me is really one of their big issues right now. It's a thorn in their it, side, and it's been an issue because again we've talked about it. It didn't work in San Jose with Brent Burns and, and Eric Carlson. Right. Yes, it's worked to a degree, but how much puck can go around to guys like Crosby, Getzel, Latang, yeah. Malkin, and Carlson? Like, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think like if the big thing for the Penguins is is what the like what what who are they in the next week? Right. <laughs> that's gonna exactly. determine. That's gonna de- and if it doesn't change. And if it really doesn't change too much, then maybe Getzel stays in it, and it it's the trade, and it's the draft that he moves, or he doesn't move. Maybe they extend him. Right. Because again, Jake Getzel's out the door, out the door, out the door. Until he's out the door, my gut tells me they resign him. Yeah. No, well, I agree. I agree. I mean, they. You know, it's funny that I was listening to. Uh, I was listening to some analysts today from Pittsburgh. Um, and he was saying about how, you know, this whole thing with, you know, the you know, everybody was down there, you know, for the Yammer Yager weekend, basically. And they said they kept seeing Gensel and he, he would not take his hand out of his pocket with that pinky. I, I guess he doesn't want people to to see it or whatnot. So, I mean, they say a lot of they say a lot of things about like, oh, he could still move because he'll be back after the trade deadline. Yeah. Mm, I, I, it's, it, the problem is bringing in a player at the deadline. Like, you know, I've heard Edmonton interested in him, but where does he really fit on that team? Right. Like, That's what I said. Where does he really fit on that team? I mean, that team, I, I agree with that. Exactly. I, like, and, and then he's not going to play, and then he's not going to play first power play, which right. is his bread and butter. Yeah. You know, could he go someplace else? I guess, but who – are there teams out there that's really going to give him up? So, I mean, look, the Penguins are an interesting team. We know Crosby wants to be a Penguin for life, yeah. but they got to make a tough decision, and Kyle Dubas has got to make the tough decision. And, you know, look, again, it, it's going to come down to winning games. Yeah, that's why he makes the big bucks. That's why I always say that the GM, you know, they're, they're paid to do a job. And, you know, some guys do it, you know, well, and, and others don't. So. Yeah, exactly. So. so, I mean, look, the Penguins, look, they had a great they had a great 
Sunday. I mean, it was great to see Yager's number back yeah. up in the Raptors. In, do we want to get into that, or we want to talk some more? Uh, we want to save that for the end. Right I mean, up. if you want to save it for the end, we can save it for the end. I'm just yeah. glad to see 68 go up in the Raptors. Me too, Jim. A long overdue. I tell you, I, I, I had literally had tears in my eyes watching that. I, I just, it was just when he. I tell you what, I won't. But when he took the ice. You know, in uh, in warm ups in uniform, I I I swear I transported back to 1998. It was just, it was like a time warp. I'm like, am I, is this for real? You know, it was just great. So sorry, I didn't mean to get sentimental. No, that's all right. Hey, Jim, let me ask you: Is it inevitable, or is it just it's not? If when are the Devils gonna make that deal for Markstrom? I mean, look, the Devils. Look, here's here's what I here's what I know. The, the Devils and the Calgary Flames had a deal in place. As I stated long time ago, retention, the Devils needed help on retention. And they need it again with the Calgary Flames. And the Calgary Flames are willing to retain, but they're not willing to retain up to a certain point. And listening to some stuff today and talking with some people, it is now I can confirm that Vitek Vanacek is not going to be a part of this deal. And I guess it was never to be the case because Calgary Flames do not want a goaltender back in this deal because they want to move with Dan Vladard and Dustin Wolf moving forward. They that's the combination they want to live ride with because they're going through a retool now. Um, but the issue is, is with Marshall, it's like with Soros in Nashville. If they stay, it gives the fan base hope that they can get in because those guys could literally just they could ride into the playoffs, and we've seen it with Soros so many times. But going back to Calgary. The package, you know it's a first, you know it's marked, you know it's Holtz, right. you know it's probably a prospect, and it's something else. You thought it was going to be Vanacek to offset the money. That's not the case. But the Devils need retention help this year, and they need it next year because, again, yes, the salary cap goes up, but it still wins because you don't want to give all your space up to a $6 million goaltender. Right. What about, uh, you know, I was hearing about the, their eyeing up uh, the defenseman for Manaheim, Ilya. Uh, Libushkin, yeah. They, they need to add a physical presence. They need their defense to be better, but they need a number one goaltender. If it's John Gibson, if it's wow. Markstrom, if it's Merzlikens, if it's Soros. Look, I was told that there was a deal in place for – there's a deal on the table. Barry Trotz went to um, – you know, Tom Fitzgerald, because he knows Tom Fitzgerald needs goaltending. Right. Well, there was a deal, and I was told that it's Carrier, Soros, Preds retain 50% on Carrier, and they want Mercer, Casey, Schmidt, a first this year, and a second next year. That's a lot for, for a goaltender right. that's going to be doing new contracts. And both guys could be doing new contracts, but Soros you get has one year left. Markstrom has two years left. Right. I think the Devils and the Flames are going to revisit this deal, and I think it's going to get done before the deadline because they need a goaltender. They Look, do. Nico Dawes is playing great. He played out of his mind in a loss tonight. But New Jersey, it's a, it was a trap game for them. And, yeah, you know. That's my sports like, sorry, that's, that's the issue. They need a goaltender. They've needed since day one. And Tom Fitzgerald, for all he's done for this team and everybody's that he's brought in, you have to criticize the fact that he didn't 
address the starting goaltending position. Right. Now, whether or not you think Akira Schmidt and this and that, I compare goaltending and young goaltending to quarterbacks in the National Football League. Your first year, you can surprise the hell out of anybody. Right. But it's now it's your job to adjust as well because now they have tape on you. Right. And it's it's you, you take a chance on one not knowing how they're going to pan out. And when they pan out, man, it's your team uh, reaps the benefits of it. Yep. You know, uh, that's my sports comments. That's eight for the Rangers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they won again tonight. Yeah. yeah, they beat they beat Dallas tonight. And they've won eight in a row uh, dating back to the stadium series where they beat the Islanders. Hell of a game, by the way. Yeah. We'll get into that. But, yeah, that live of shooting, I just thought, you know, you got Dougie Hamilton out, and definitely that might, you know. Be- and that's – and, and and you know, they've needed – and, look, Hamilton is definitely hurting them because they need help on that power play too, and that's right. why they're in on Hannafin, whose deal is still on the table, which he never signed with the Calgary Flames, which is 7 times 7.5. Right. So, Jim, let's uh, transition. What about that stadium series? I know you were there covering it. How, like, I, that first game I thought was uh, very entertaining. I thought the, the weather was good that night. I mean, it was – you had like – what was it, like 29 degrees? Yeah. Was, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how cold it was outside. I mean, it was chilly. It was definitely cold. I was in the confines of uh, the MetLife Stadium press box, so it was nice. Nice. Um, but – you know, it was definitely chilly out there. The fans braved the cold weather. It was beautiful setting. Look, I'll tell you this. There's a reason why these outdoor games are so successful. They're a spectacle, but that building was perfect. And the Devils came out. They've talked about how it was an important game prior to the game. They talked about what, you know, what they needed to do to win. They were chasing Philly. They need to get to Philly. All of this. And they came out like it, and the captain led by example. Now tonight was a trap game, but they played. They went back to their old arena. They went back to their old area, the Meadowlands, and they played good. Nico Dawes played great. The entire team played really well because they. This was New Jersey's game. Like they played in a stadium series, and they were the home team in New York. This was New Jersey's time to shine, and they did over the weekend. It was great. I mean, the atmosphere was great for both games. You know, it's a great question. I mean, Timo Meyer, you know, I think you got to give him a year plus to adjust his stuff. But they're just not using him in the right situations either. He's been hurt this year as well. He's just something's off this year. I would say, well, he changed his jersey number. Maybe he's got to go back to the jersey number that he wore in San Jose when he first got traded. Sometimes all it takes is that um, little little thing here and there. Right. I th- I go back to the fact that. In the preseason, this team was clicking. I know it's preseason, but you build chemistry there. You had a line of Heesher, Meyer, and Holtz, and they were playing so well together that when you change one little thing, it can change everything like that. Right. Um, so, look, the Devils and Flyers game was great. They, the, the Jonas Brothers, Gaslight Anthem was there. The yeah. crowd was loud. Great yep. anthem. They had all these different celebrities. And then the game on Sunday was wild, right? Like, it was wild. It felt like, I tell everybody, it felt like the old Brendan Byrne Arena when the, when the Rangers would play the Devils. I always said at that time the Rangers had eight home games because they just, even when the Devils won Stanley Cups, the Rangers fans showed up. Showed up, yeah. It was a lot. It was 70-30 <laughs> Rangers fans. And, look, 
for a while there did not look good. But their power play, they stuck with it. They got three power play goals. You know, Panarin scores. Place goes nuts. The comeback. Wow. Rangers, only team unbeaten outdoors. Crazy. It is yeah. crazy. But that was a wild game. Trotrick, two goals. Panarin. I mean, you thought the Islanders are 4-1. You didn't know what the heck was going on. And look, this. And when you're hot, you're hot. And you get confidence. And you know you can come back from anything. But man, oh man, this team, the, the Rangers played really well. Penguins lost in overtime. <sighs> At least they got a point out of it. Yeah, but I mean, that's. Um, so that second game. All right, I all right, thought... right. So, re- so real quick, real quick. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to save it for after the second game. Okay. No, I was just going to say that second game was postponed there for the Sun. I know. That- yeah, I had a feeling that was going to happen. I talked with John about this. Like, the Islanders had practice on Thursday at 3 p.m., and that got pushed back about 35 minutes because of Sun Glare. So I kind of knew this was coming, and, and even the Friday practices were pushed back a little bit because of the Sun. So if, there was, if it was cloudy, they would have played at 3 o'clock, but because of the Sun, it got pushed back. Right. Yeah, and I mean, if you've ever played, you know, or if, I was telling John, you know, I ski. I said, I just skied this past weekend, and it was sunny out. And I said, you know, if you don't have tinted goggles on, you're you're uh, you're getting snow blind. And it's the same way in a in a hockey rink, you know, outdoors. So, but, uh, but yeah, so, but um, I thought it was really good. The the, the football stars that they had there. The spotlight being on New Jersey, it's a great state for not only football, but hockey. Just a great venue, despite what MetLife Stadium looks like from the outside. It's a, right. It looked really good inside. Stadium Series Park, the spotlighting New Jersey. And here's the thing, right? It's a spectacle. It's about the experience and everything like that. But the ice condition, and that's what the players talking about. The ice conditions were so good that you could see they weren't fighting it. Right. And they weren't fighting the ice. They were playing the game. Right. And that's why the games were so good is because they weren't fighting the conditions. Right. Yeah. And, that, and that makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah, it looked good on TV. I'll tell you, it was, a, it was a good thing to watch. It was easy to watch. It was really good. How was your review? What was it like for you in the press box? How far away were you? And how did you uh, – how was that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was good. It was a great view. Uh, for me, yeah, it was a great view. I saw everything where I was sitting. I could see everything. It was great. I had the monitors up there, so it was great. And uh, that that was uh, that. I, I enjoyed my experience up there. I couldn't say anything better. I mean, you know, food was good. Talking to so many people, I experienced it was great. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Real quick, I want to get your guys' take on uh, you know this trade with Lindholm to Vancouver. I think. He's oh, real, really- real, real quick, real quick. Yeah. So I, so we, I was talking with this. So I was talking with a bunch of guys from Sirius about this. Uh, Ryan Payton, all those guys from the hot stove. So I brought this point up. And this is like my sports reporter rant. I'm tired and I don't like the fact that the guy who scores the game-winning goal, whether it be overtime or late in a game, gets to first start a game. Yeah, Panarin, you mean? Well, no, Panarin, Trocek, deserved uh, – but Trocek was number one. Panarin was two. They both had three points. But Panarin had two goals. But like tonight, Lundell scored the game winner in overtime for Florida. Right. I mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I agree with that. Especially in overtime. 
Yeah. Right. Three exactly. on three. You know. Right. It's a. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's it's yeah. I agree. I agree totally with that. Yeah. No, I was just saying Lindholm. I think he's really balanced out this Vancouver lineup since the trade. What do you What do you guys think? I love it. I mean, I thought the trade was great. I, I think he's played excellent. It gives him depth down the middle. Uh, he's a really good, sharp forward for this team. He wins battles. He's a defensive center. He can go out there and just go up against the, the other team's top players and isolate them and take them out of games. And then you have Pedersen and Miller and the, and the lotto line do their thing. So it gives them depth down the middle, which they exactly need. And you got like five guys that could take face-offs. Right. You need that come the playoffs. And I thought this was a sneaky good trade by the Vancouver Canucks. I think both of their acquisitions, you know, it was a door off. And now yeah. Lynn Holm has, has really put the Vancouver Canucks in the driver's seat. Aside from, you know, aside from Sunday and that wild game. Right. You know, yeah. Vancouver's still a team that can make a deep yeah. run. I mean, that's 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 one game, and that's I don't, you know, that's I don't exactly no effect on on what they're gonna do, and you know, move no, on. so no, but uh, any other trade rumors, guys? We want to talk about anything else? Mm-hmm. I mean, what about, what about Oilers? I they're interested. I heard about uh, uh, Broberg. Yeah, they, they they I mean they're looking to move them, but I mean again. They definitely want to add a depth forward, a depth uh, defenseman. They definitely want to add some pieces there. But I know they have Perry. They're playing well. Maybe they try to get a backup goalie. They've been tied to Jake Allen. Like, Colorado's been tied to Jake Allen. Um, And, look, uh, I'm going to put this out right now. And I'm going to say this, and I've I've heard it from the beginning. Gabriel Landeskog is not playing for the Colorado Avalanche this year, even if he makes the playoffs. Even even when the playoffs come, because Colorado's make the playoffs. He's not playing. Like, yes, he's skating. He skated this time last year, too, and everybody was like, oh, he's going to play. He's not playing. Like, he's not even close to playing. Like, he's skating. Great. He's skating on his own. And right. indications from to me are, it's. It, I mean, yeah, it's great, but he's not doing much. Right. What about uh, what about the Flyers? What about Scott Lawton? I heard he's, he's, uh, he's a target... Uh, I, I, you know, he's I, a target I, of a lot of teams, but the issue yeah. is, is for Philadelphia, do they really want to move him? Like, right. it's going to take an insane package to move Lawton out of, out of Philadelphia. And now there's like I, I brought this up months ago uh, with Sean Walker on my show uh, uh, with Russ Cohn when he comes on. I brought him up about, do you think they would extend Sean Walker? And and he didn't think so because it makes more sense to trade him. Yeah, so you're going to rely on Nick Steeler and Sean Walker to do it again next year? Right. Right. When you can get something for Walker and you have the player in Drysdale. Right. Right. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, he he's linked to the Sabres. I heard the Rangers. I heard your Leafs, John. Uh, Oilers, Avalanche. He's, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I just don't think that uh, – it's going to take, you know, a lot to for these teams that are interested to get them, you know. So yeah, it's going to take a lot. It's like it's the Soros package out of Nashville. It's going to take a lot to get get him out of right um, Nashville, and it's going to take a lot for Lawton to get out. I mean, look, Montreal they moved Monahan to Winnipeg. That's worked out re- well. He's he had a hat trick. He almost had four goals in the first period the other night. 
Right. And that's worked out well for them. I still think they're going to add another forward or a defenseman um, from my indications from who I've talked to. Um, LA's a team to watch, but they got Victor Arvidsson back, so I think that's their trade deadline pickup. Unless they try to find a goalie somewhere, but again, they don't really have the cap space to do much. Right. And a lot of teams don't. I think Boston's still in on Henrique. I think the Rangers are still in on Henrique. But can they make it work? Yeah. Right. Any That's other – John, you have any other – No, I mean, everything is kind of – I mean, the Calgary guys, I know it's the same story. I mean, you you broke down Markstrom really good. Um, Markstrom, Han I mean, Hannafin, yeah. same thing. I mean – Look, I think it's south of the border. I think they're going to want to know if he wants to sign an extension with that team or he's going to go someplace. Because if he just wants to test the market, then everybody knows, then why bother? But if he if he's going to be willing to stay with that team and he wants to be close to the home, then maybe you can have a chance to, to keep him. You're talking Hannafin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard Boston. Boston – I heard the Leafs. I heard the Panthers, the Lightning. I even heard your Devils. Everyone. Yeah. Well, the Devils have been linked to Hannafin. They like him, you know, because, you know, they, they need another. But they have so many of those type players that they don't really – do they really need Hannafin? Like, they have that in Nemich and they have that in Luke Hughes. That's why um, Barry doesn't make sense from – from Nashville. So, yeah. All right. So I know we got, uh, we're at 53 minutes here. We've been, uh, good stuff. I mean, we're running pretty, uh, good here, but, um, I just want to, I don't know if, do we want to talk Yager real quick? Sure. Yeah. Let's talk a lot Yager real quick. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I was long overdue. Like I said, I was in tears. I mean, I, I just, you know, Seeing him, seeing his mother. I know his father passed away last year. Would have been nice to see, you know, his dad uh, get to see them, you know, raise his uh, his banner up and, and retire. So I got a so I got a question for you, Bill. Yeah. So I've known there's been like some falling out between the those two teams. Like, does it go back to like when like he left, like the well, free agency? Yeah, he left. I mean, he left in bad terms when he went to the Capitals. I mean, he, right. he made the comment that he's dying alive. He feels like he's dying alive in Pittsburgh. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on. I know when he left Pittsburgh, he owed Allegheny County like $5 million in back taxes. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, and, you know, it was a bad – I mean, you know, it, it was it, it was tough for me to see him go to the Capitals. And some of the comments that he – that he said, I mean, it was it was rough to, to see that. And then he goes to the Caps and doesn't give a crap. Right. I mean, it was just, you know, I, I don't know. Like, Yager, so I was telling John before we went on the air. So, uh, you know, like, I actually have a couple personal stories with Yager. So, my... So do I, actually. It's pretty funny. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, my best friends, or my, I'm sorry, my dad's best friend grew up with them you know grew up you know they they were you know instead yeah. best man in each other's weddings he you know he him my dad both went off to the army he they got out and he ended up going to flight school to be a a helicopter pilot well so he was in the 70s and the you know he was doing like surveying well then he got hired 
to be the uh, the uh, to fly Chopper Eleven for WPXI in Pittsburgh. So he started doing that. You know, he, he did that for a number of years. Well, in 1990, when Yarger got drafted, uh, they had some kind of agreement that they had, the team had with WPXI. They were, you know, and he ended up picking Yarger up at Pittsburgh International when they drafted him and flying him into Monroeville to, uh, to Golden Mile Ice Rink, which was out. So I grew up like, between you know Monroeville was like between Pittsburgh and where I grew up so you know I played at Golden Mile Ice Rink I mean I remember that place so foggy in there but uh yeah I mean he he picked him up and you know like that was the first time he had landed on U.S. soil and he uh had the chopper there to pick him up and fly him to Monroeville so I mean it was he did stories like he he was like asking him things and all he could do was just smile because he didn't speak any English you know and it was just you know but um, but no, you know, I just always thought that was an awesome uh, story. I thought it was, you know, pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was just so many stories. I like, I know, like I was listening to uh, you. We've name dropped him before, Mark Madden. You know, he had a bunch of, you know, yeah. He had, there was a bunch of, uh, you know, people that were coming on. They had, they had people on the fan that were, you know, Brian Trottier said told some stories about. You know, he's like, you know, and, you know, he goes, I was an old man when when Yager came, you know, and he's like. Yeah, I heard he had four Stanley Cups in the book yeah. when Yager got there. Right. He's like, he's like I, Wait. he would come over to my house and play Nintendo with my kids. Like, he was like, it was like, you know, the, the, the age difference was so big, you know. But uh, he talked about, he goes, that guy loved sugar. He said he would, he would get a plate. He said we would be like. We would be, uh, you know, like on away games, we would be, you know, eating at the hotel and he would get a plate of spaghetti and put two sugar packets. Like he would put sugar in spaghetti. He, he just loved sugar. Like he said when his <laughs> mom came over, when he got drafted, like I, I guess, you know, he was really homesick. So his mom come over for like the first couple years and he, he would make these sticky buns. They would make the, his mom would make these sticky buns. And Trot said he would bring these sticky buns in the, in the, in the uh, locker room. He goes, like they had like he's like literally it had like an inch of syrup on these things. He said they were so sweet. He goes, you like you almost went into a diabetic coma after eating one of these things. But he's like, he's just loves sugar. Like he's, like he's he said one time, Imagine imagine if he got like he actually like I know he had the work ethic, but like imagine if he had like this work ethic when he was playing in Pittsburgh as a rookie. Right. He's, he's, like the off the ice shit that he does, yeah. like the w- ankle weights, the weight yeah. vest, the the late nights, like the early mornings, getting the keys to. The- he used to do that when when he played for the Bruins. He would be after a game, he'd be pulling that sled in the hallways of Boston Gardens. Like I mean, he was just. But but Trotz made it. He said one time he said he come up to me in broken English. He goes Trotz, guess what I did? He said there was a bulk store in the in the south side of Pittsburgh. He goes. I bought 1,000 Kit Kats. <laughs> like Castle. He said, he said he used to, before games, he used, to, he used to eat Kit Kats and drink orange juice. That was his pregame thing. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Said, That's, That's ridiculous. He said, he, he said he'd eat a, a big thing of Kit Kats and drink a big, you know, thing of orange juice. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yager's nuts like that, man. Dude, Yager's such so crazy, man. Like I remember I was walking in Jersey when he was in Jersey, 
and like, or he played for Philly one one day before I was like really into like doing this this for a living. Like we get autographs and like he come in with Philly and like somebody he gave one of my friends like a bad autograph. He wiped it off and gave it me the the McFarland base to have it done again. And he would give him a good one. Like he would tell people like I already got for you. Like he and he always he would always go to this church right near the arena. Go into the church and then come out of the church. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Mike Lang was on there too. He was on and he he talked about you know Mike Lang's sayings. You know, Elvis has left the building. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, look out, Loretta. Uh, hop in the Cordova, Grandma. You know the bingo games <laughs> ready to roll. You know. Uh, you know, Michael, Michael, motorcycle, scratch my back with a hand axe so I can go over. You know. But he said, you know, first couple years, he goes, we were on the team bus. And he said, Yager comes up to me and he, he's broken English. He, he he tells me this saying I should use. And he goes, oh, that's weak, uh, Yags. He goes, that's I can't say that on the air. He goes, he's, hell, that, that'd be terrible. You know, he goes, yeah. something, something, you know, come up with something better. He said, it took him a year. <laughs> he said, finally, he said, he, he comes on the bus. He goes, I got one for you. He goes, he's laughing. Like, he's like got tears in his eyes laughing about this. He goes, he smoke, he smoked cigar. He goes, what? He's like, he's like, he's like laughing, you know? And he's, he said, what do you mean smoke? He goes, he smoked him like a bad, bad cigar. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, we can probably use that. Yeah, we can probably use that. But yeah, I mean, look, I loved his salutes like he did to the crowd, like the salutes and everything. Like, that was really cool. And he really put that team on his back when yeah. Mario was down with the, the non-Hopkins lymphoma and then when he retired for the first time. And then yeah. there were with the back two with Mario. Like, he would, he took over teams. Like, 95, Mario wasn't there when they played the Devils. But he was still – it was still – it was Yager's team. Uh, but then Mario came back in 96 and, like, 97. Like, they were, like – like, I still go back to these teams. Like, in nine, the 92-93 team that lost the Islanders. Like, if that team beats the Islanders, they're three-peating. Like, I don't see them not three-peating. And I still don't know how the 96 Penguins didn't win the Stanley Cup. Oh, I know. They were – yeah. I, I, hey, look at that Capitals series. I mean, they just dominated the Capitals. I mean, you know, I mean, it was just amazing, uh, you know. How about when Mario got thrown out of that uh, one game when he yeah lost, I forget who it was but you know but no like some of the biggest plays I look at with Yags is his overtime goal against your your de your Devils in '91. I mean that was just you know yep. I mean that was you know I mean um, uh, at '92 when Lemieux got slashed by Brian Leach. You guys remember that? You know he stepped up yeah. and put the team on his back. He had that highlight goal in '92 against Chicago. He went through like six guys. Yeah, I, you remember know, that Dirk one. Graham. Dirk Graham was one of them. I mean, he he faked Dirk Graham out of his skates and and backhanded. It was an amazing shot. I mean, it was just, I it just it was you know, I I've always said I give Crosby the the edge on Yager, but man, Yager had some dramatic goals. I mean. Uh, well, '99. I mean, you think about it. We talked about it in our text group off chain off off air. Yeah. I mean, game six, and they, I think I was watching something because I was so caught up in the stadium series that I forgot the retirement was that day. I thought it was the next day for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they talked about game six and how he pulled his groin in, in game one against New Jersey. And by the way, those Penguin sweaters were sick. Like, yeah. I love those late, late 90s Penguin sweaters. Those were nice. Those but he nice. talked about he pulled his groin. They're like, oh, you got to go. You're going to save the franchise. You got to do it. 
And he comes out and he plays an unbelievable game. Then, you know, Martin Straka part of like that dynamic duo of then yeah. of the late nineties. And yeah. like those two guys put on a show before they lost to the Leafs. But right. I mean, there were so many great performances Yager had as a penguin. Yeah. Like you think about it. And then he left and then Mario came back again. And yeah. like th those guys are really good. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, 99, I remember that it was game six of the uh, Eastern conference final uh, or quarterfinal. Uh, yeah. Pens, Pens were number eight seed. Uh, Devils yeah. were the one seed. Yeah, and, and they were trailing 3-2, you know. And not only was the season on the line, but, you know, the, the entire existence of the franchise at that point in time was, was on the line in the future. Of the team. Yeah, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of talk about. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of talk about the Penguins moving. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had that groin, like you said, he had that groin injury, and you know, it bothered him all season. I mean, he he hurt that in regular season. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, I forgot Tom Barrasso was in between the pipes playing for the for yeah. the Penguins at that, and the Devils were loaded too. They were the best team. They 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 had one of the best records. But the problem was Pittsburgh, like, took two of the first three games. New Jersey had a battle. It was a battle because don't forget the not only did they have Straka. They had the devil killer himself. Alexei Kovalev was on that team. Yeah, oh. and Morozov too. Morozov yeah. was a killer against Berdor. He he was very notorious, Alexei Morozov, for scoring uh, big goals against Berdor. But, you know, I, that year too, you know, he won the scoring title with 98 points and he only played 64 games, you know. Right, because he was hurt. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, he just, you know, I mean, that was, uh, you know, I mean, you want to talk about – a guy that put a team on his back. I mean, there, there it is, right there. But, uh, right. You win he, that he, seven. It was what four to two. Uh, four, know, th uh, four, yeah, four two. Yeah, but unfortunately, you know that Cinderella playoff run was uh, ended by uh, John's Leafs. You know who then who then lost to the Buffalo Sabers. Right. Yeah. Don't say that. I can't but even think did. about. It. I but know they, they did. did. I was there watching Rob Ray score between his legs. I see. In that series, if you recall, Hasek was out for the first two games, and Dwayne Rollison did his Stole number it. in the race. Yeah. yeah. And you know what else yeah. I thought was, you know, I don't know whether you guys knew the real reason behind him wearing 68, but the, the real reason behind him wearing 68 was to honor his grandfather, who was killed in the 1968, uh, it was the Czechoslovakia. I want to say it was like an anti-Soviet movement. It was the, known as the Prague Spring. And that's why he wore 68. And Jim, you know, probably know this. When he went to the Devils, you know, the Devils had a thing where you couldn't wear numbers past, what, 35, I want to say? It was. Yeah. Yeah. And he they made, ex they, made it, they made exceptions for certain yeah. players. Like he, when Gilmore played yeah. for New Jersey, he wore 93. Yeah. Certain guys could have their number, yeah. but yeah, Yager he, had to tell Lou that he he's wearing Lou 68. Yep, he talked to Lou Alvarez. He goes, I will not come unless I got 68. He's like, hey, done. <laughs> you know, you're, it's, it's it's considered done. But, uh, I mean, to me, for, the 11, for I would say 11, 12 years, he was either the best player in hockey or the se second best player in hockey. Oh, easily, easily. And think about it. If he doesn't have the couple stints in the KHL because of lockouts and, and stuff, right. he's right there with Gretzky. Yeah. 
I love this speech about his girlfriend. About oh, that was great. Oh, that doesn't, doesn't <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> legend. Yager, the, le- Yager, the legend, man. Yeah. He's just, it's too, it's too funny what he does. But, I mean, Yager, one of the best. And like I said, over Hockey Hall of Fame, we joked with Lanny. We're like, dude, you're just going to have to put him in at this point. Yeah. Like, he ain't stopping. He's not going to stop. Like, no. just put him in. Put him in, yeah. Well, Absolutely. you know, I said, I said, man, you know, him taking the ice in uniform, I that like, I like, I literally, I, I was like, wh- wh- where am I right now? Like, am I, is this 98? Like, is it my, you know, like, did I go back? I mean, he looked pretty good in practice. I'm not going to lie. Hey, like, I mean, if he actually played a game for the Penguins, I think he could do some damage. I told John, John, I, I called John over the weekend. I said, if that, yeah. I said, if, if, if you put him on Sid's line, Dude, they the way that they was cycling that puck for for hours, maybe days, maybe weeks. I mean, nobody would be. I mean, just park him in front. Just park him in front of the net. He doesn't have to skate. Yeah, just park him in front of the net. Like he would, he would be able. Yeah, put him on a power play. He'd be fine. Yeah. Oh my god. I agree. It's just, and he's still playing in the check. You know, he's he's. You know, I th- what is it? It's, it's his dad's. It, his dad. You know, it's a team that he owns. He owns yeah, the he team. He owns it, but but I want to say his dad bought it right before he died, and he took it over. He, he, yeah. And now he's, you know, he's literally. They were saying, you know, they were like, "What are you doing over there?" He's like, "Everything." He's like, "He's like, hell, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I've been putting prices on concessions." He said, "I'm doing everything there." That's great. <laughs> and, you know, and, and he's playing still. It's it's crazy, but. uh but yeah, I just wanted to rant on that. Like I said, it was a special weekend for me. I really, I, I was, it was long overdue. Um, you know, it would have been nice, uh, you know, for them to do it earlier for his father to make it. You know, his father died last year, and I know a Pittsburgh guy, a bit, a big Pittsburgh sports fixture, Stan Saverin, that passed away uh, last year. He would have loved to see that because Stan always said. You know, I want to see '68 in the rafters, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure Stan saw it from heaven. But uh, you know, it was just, uh, I don't know, long overdue, and it was very. I just, you know, as being a lifelong Penguin fan, it was, it was nice to see. So. Yeah, it was. It was a great ceremony. I thought they did a great job with it, and look, '68's where it belongs. And it, and fun fact, that's the first retirement ceremony in uh, PBG Paints Arena history. Yep. Right. Yeah, because they had well, Briere was 01 when they did Briere, who was drafted by the Penguins in '69. I think think the Latin the next year he was killed in a car accident. Right. '71 they they did his, and obviously Mario when he retired in '06, uh, that was done in the Mellon Arena. Yeah. Yeah, that was the old that was the old igloo. So. Yeah. So. Well, guys, I guess that about does it. Is there anything else we want to? No. What do you got going on this week? Where can uh, where can everybody find you? Yeah, uh, just get me at Jim Berenger. I, uh, that's my. I just we pick, I picked up a new follower today. Uh, that's my sports show, I believe. Who had some comments, started following me. So thank you for the follow. Oh, uh, that yeah, that yeah, that's my sports podcast. Thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate that. Um, you know, just working on you know just getting some things out, transcriptions from some rumors that I've been talking to people. Uh, some new articles are going to drop this week as well. Fullpresshockey.com has got everything covered from the stadium series over the weekend. So go, please go check that out. Um, we're going to be recording with Mike Morrell, uh, Morial from NHL.com tomorrow, talking New Jersey Devils. And I'm just working on some other guests as well. So it should be really good. Oh, and by the way, check out the final word on hockey. Awesome. Me and John did uh, new episodes out. 
uh, go check that out. Um, so that'd be great. Awesome. Awesome. Stuff. Absolutely. All right. Hey, thanks, uh, everybody, for tuning in. We got a lot of viewers tonight. We went over a lot of stuff. Next week, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to, as we're inching closer to that trade deadline, I'm sure we'll have a lot more. Uh, oh, that, oh it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, there's a lot coming. Don't worry. We'll devote a lot to that next week and uh, probably talk some standings, news, do everything that we, you yep. know, like we usually do. But uh, we'll have a lot more to, to to, we're going to touch hard next week. Uh, if you guys agree, I think we should t touch hard on uh, on the trade rumors. So, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, we'll go team by oh, team. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, um, and, and uh, enjoy your week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks Peace. so much for joining us, and until next time, let's talk sports, friends. Thanks for watching.